You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Villato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here to break down the Giants after it. A day or two, we, we were able to watch the film to see exactly how they defeated those Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. But first, there are a lot of news and notes, Chris, to go over. A ton of injuries and a lot of old players who are rumored to be linked to the current New York Giants. So, Chris, first, how are you doing? And second, what do you want to start with? You know, I'm all things considered, I suppose I'm doing pretty well right now. Uh, as I told you beforehand, I've had a death in the family. So our, our listeners probably aren't going to be hearing too much of me next week, but you know, that's, that's kind of beside the point right now. Uh, as you said, there is a lot going on in giants land. The giants had a massive rash of injuries against the Chicago bears. There are players being signed, players being worked out and former giants back in the building getting getting that tw- that 2016 band back together so you know, why don't we start with the former giants that are back in the building and the one that i think is most notable is landon collins because the giants hosted him for a workout they also hosted offensive lineman uh traditionally right guard solomon kindley kindly kindley who was most recently with the miami dolphins the Giants also had Odell Beckham Jr. in the facilities today, but that is kind of a nothing burger. Just get that out of the way right now. He was there just on a friendly visit, checking in. He is still rehabbing his ACL, probably enjoying life being a new father, hanging out with Sterling Shepard, checking in on Saquon Barkley. Guys, he's ve- still very good friends with. Landon Collins, that is interesting because – say... oh. oh, go ahead, man. I'd say it's interesting, but A.J. Klein was signed about six hours after that workout, and I'm wondering if the Giants were looking at Landon Collins in that hybrid linebacker type of mold. A.J. Klein, somebody who has experience with the Buffalo Bills, played 299 defensive snaps with them last year, three – 692 the year before and he's just been around the league he's been in the league since 2013 so this is a veteran he's not going to offer the athletic ability but could offer just an understanding of football to provide experience to the second level I'm wondering if the signing of AJ Klein will restrict the New York Giants from going after and pursuing someone like Landon Collins but I would welcome Landon Collins if he's athletically up to par as a hybrid linebacker because I feel like these hybrid linebackers and these guys who can cover but they're better in the box and good in run support I think they really fit with what Wink Martindale wants to do yeah it is worth noting that AJ Klein was signed to the Giants practice squad Uh, so he he could be brought up 
maybe not this week because he just got in house, but he could be brought up at some point soon. We don't know where the Giants were considering Landon Collins because one of the Giants' injuries suffered during the Bears game was with Julian Love, who landed in the concussion protocol. So there is an opening there at safety. We know how important safeties are to Wink Martindale's defense. I have a feeling that if the Giants wanted Landon Collins for this game against the Packers, they would have signed him already. It could just be they were checking in, updating their profile on him, seeing how he was doing, maybe seeing what his price is because the Giants are also uh, still pretty cash strapped and they might be signing a quarterback in the very near future. So I think this is just a situation to keep track of. I think Collins could be an excellent player if he is, if he is able to return to his former athleticism after the, I believe it was Achilles injury with Washington and then a foot injury last year. So if he has his speed back, he could be a very good player in Wink Martindale's defense as kind of that uh, star box safety type role. But man, there there's just a lot of news circling around with the Giants injury situation because, hey, they're also working out another former Giant, Jake Fromm, as well as quarterback A.J. McCarron. <laughs> Yeah, the quarterback situation is probably the most noteworthy, the most pressing. It's obviously a, a different type of week with the Giants traveling across the pond to play the Green Bay Packers in England. And I don't know how that's going to affect Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor dealing with a concussion, Daniel Jones dealing with the ankle sprain. I, I'm not sure if it was confirmed or, or if it was even reported as a high ankle sprain, but either way, I'm immobile Daniel Jones, somebody you can't use his athletic ability. I'm not sure if the Giants are going to want to trot him out there. I don't know what's going on with Tyrod, especially after what happened with Tua last week and how the NFL wants to handle these concussions. So you're looking at a quarterback situation, Chris, that might have AJ McCarron and Jake Fromm backing up your guy, Davis Webb. Maybe if the Giants don't like those two that I just named, they could go over to the Buffalo Bills and pluck Matt Barkley off of their practice squad. I believe he is still there. He's obviously familiar with the system. You have people talking about Mitchell Trubisky and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't see the Giants doing that, making any kind of trade for, for a player like that. But the quarterback situation is wild. And then the cornerback situation, too, with Aaron Robinson just getting placed on IR. That's another very unfortunate thing. And I feel like Aaron Robinson, is just he just can't catch a break at this point. No, he can't. And also Cordell Flott is dealing with a calf in, with a calf injury. So the Giants cornerback situation is suddenly scary thin. We had depth concerns for them coming into the season. And now, you know, like you say, Aaron Robinson can't catch a break. He ha has to have an appendectomy, which, yeah, how often does that happen? Although I suppose this is the second time this year with a, a player whose name we know. And then he comes back, plays 10 snaps, and then goes down with a knee injury. I, I just feel terrible for the guy. But now the Giants have to make do with Adoree Jackson, I guess Fabian Moreau, Darnay Holmes, and then question marks. Just all question marks after that, going against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense, who, granted, had a bad game against the Patriots, but still... <laughs> 
Yeah, Moreau actually had a good game. He had two PBUs in that game, the one against Dante Pettis on third down, and then the post-wheel route that the Chicago Bears ran in the red zone. He came off of the post, showed great eye discipline, and then played through the catch point on EQ St. Brown to force that incompletion. Those are two huge plays from Moreau. So let's see if he can continue to to play at a, a relatively, I would say, solid level opposite of a Dory Jackson, because if the Giants can get that from their number two cornerback, that's really going to assist them in this matchup as well, because you have a bunch of young receivers and inexperienced receivers outside of Alan Lazard playing with one of the best quarterbacks who's in the NFL and Aaron Rodgers next week. Yeah, this is this is kind of a different beast of a passing game. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is by far the best quarterback the Giants have seen. He's by far the most experienced and his ceiling as a passer is just, it's the highest. If you're talking Ryan Tannehill, who I still contend is kind of underrated by the NFL at large, but then you have Baker Mayfield, Cooper Rush, and Justin Fields. Yeah. Compare that to Aaron Rodgers and a guy who, when he's on his game, is an MVP caliber player. And then you have Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, who is kind of flashing pretty brightly as a rookie. And then Randall Cobb, who I'm kind of amazed that he's still playing. I kind of forgot he was still in the NFL. I thought he had retired. And then you also have Christian Watson, that big, hyper-athletic receiver out of North Dakota State. Second-round pick, 34th overall this year. This is a Packers offense, which they haven't played up to expectations yet, but they are capable of being very, very dangerous. But transitioning a little bit, and you're right, and they definitely are. We'll go over that a little bit more later in the week. But the Chicago Bears win for the New York Giants. This is a win that I feel like the Giants should have acquired or earned over Justin Fields and this Bears team, which could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Giants win this game 20-12. to 12. Daniel Jones completed eight passes. Tyrod Taylor won to Darius Slayton for 11 yards. So the passing attack wasn't what the Giants had as the primary method to move the football, which is kind of the story of the game or of the season so far, right, Chris? What was the method of attacking Chicago's defense for the offense. It was run the football and adjust to the defense that Chicago was showing. And I feel like we saw that early on in this game. If you watch the first drive, the Giants lined up in a double Y set, ran to the strong side, absolutely collapsed by Chicago for like a one yard gain by Saquon Barkley. Next drive, what happens? They run weak side off of that same look and instead of having a double team on the one technique to the backside, they pin pull Glowinski with the pin, John Feliciano with the pull to pick up the Will linebacker, and Saquon Barkley scampers for, I think, 18 yards on that play. That little type of adjustment, those are things that don't really pop out to me on the broadcast, but once you dive into the film and you start to watch it and you start to really think about it, you're like, that was just the chess match right there. And I felt like Chicago, and this has been the story of the season so far from the New York Giants, Chicago's coaching staff significantly struggled to play chess with the Giants coaching staff, not to mention that defense was one of the most undisciplined defense. It took until the fourth quarter for them to finally scrape and replace to account for Daniel Jones on these zone reads and these play action bootlegs. So, man, credit to the Giants coaching staff here and credit to the rushing attack and the offensive line. And, of course, Saquon Barkley, who was playing at an elite level. 
Yeah. Now, uh, Barkley is getting all of the press right now, but I really do want to take a ch- take a moment to redirect some of that to the to the Giants' offensive line because they had a fantastic game. Now, yes, the Bears' defense was utterly undisciplined and a lot of their decisions in how they attacked gaps how they defended gaps uh how their second and third level players came up to fill were utterly mystifying to me uh there was one play on the Giants second drive their first scoring drive the first drive they had that went anywhere where the Giants just ran outside zone I believe it was to the left they had the double Y two tight ends on that side you divide the field in half it was neutral. It was a four on four, four defenders, four blockers on the play side of the field. But for some reason, the, I believe it was the three tech on that side goes against the, doesn't try to build the fence. He just goes in and tries to double team the center with the nose tackle. And that just creates a numbers advantage for the Giants without having to pull anyone, without having to do anything like that. The, the Bears just gave up. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Three defenders to four blockers. And that made it incredibly easy for Saquon Barkley to find running room on the outside, on that outside zone. You're talking about and the second and four first quarter, 636 left? I believe so. Yeah, that that also, too, it was the the Bears up front attempted to gap exchange. And this was also, I feel like, an adjustment by the Bears because they were aligning with a lot of six techniques. Again, they were running to the double Y side a lot. So the Bears would, or at least that's what the Bears expected. So they would align with six techniques, which are players, defenders who are aligned directly over the top of tight ends. But on this play, they didn't align with the six techniques because they were getting burnt on the weak side run earlier in this drive. So they actually went with a 4-3 type of look, and that allowed an the Giants tight ends to have a clear angle because they didn't have somebody directly over top of them to the second level to create the seal and allow Saquon Barkley to explode through. Cause you could see both Chris Myrick and Daniel Bellinger execute their blocks on those linebackers and second level defenders. And Saquon Barkley takes this for a simple nine yard gain, but that simple nine yard gain means something. And it's also just dictating to the defense, man. We talk about how Wink Martindale defensively wants to dictate to the offense. Mike Kafka, to a lot of these defensive coordinators, has been dictating to them. 
And he's been adjusting off of what they're showing, and it's been working for the New York Giants. And even on the very next play, too, Chris, we're not going to break down every single play here, but it was just a play-action rollout. And, of course, Daniel Jones, he was not accounted for by the defense, but Daniel Bellinger is just wide open for a 12-yard gain. That's just a little pitch and catch right there. And this is a 12-yard gain. That's, I would say, substantial in the NFL. However, for whatever reason, Chicago never accounted for this play until like the end of the third quarter. It was wild for me to see how much success the Giants had on play action, bootlegs, play action rollouts. They scored two touchdowns, Chris, in 13 personnel, the same exact freaking play. How many times do you see the same exact play work in the red zone when you're not on the goal line in the same exact manner when your quarterback is running for for? yards like it was like an eight yard touchdown run but still it's a lot more when you're play action bootleg rolling him and then like a 21 yard touchdown run by daniel jones like it's wild to me that that chicago's defense never accounted for him yeah that that never happens especially since the bears head coach is a pretty darn good defensive coordinator in his own right he is a good defensive mind and i i just could not explain it i couldn't explain it watching the game and as i said there so many of the bears defensive decisions and the way they reacted or didn't react during the game was utterly mystifying and they were just incredibly undisciplined on top of that their eye discipline was off their gap in assignment discipline was off it was honestly an embarrassing performance for them or at least it should they should be embarrassed by their performance i, I think they might have had such little regard for the Giants' passing game that they were completely selling out to stop the run. However, interestingly, Saquon Barkley didn't face a single stacked box. He did not face eight defenders in the tackle box once. That so <laughs> does the tackle box include the tight ends? You know, I, I am not sure. I think it's just tackle to tackle is what NFL next gen stats. Yeah. Tackle to tackle. That makes more sense because the giants use so many overloaded fronts with two tight ends, three tight ends, sometimes two tight ends in David Sills. And the way that they were accounting for that was aligning basically six techniques over those tight ends. And there was a chess match throughout the game between Kafka and, and the bears in terms of how he wanted to run and how he wanted to attack that front. I would say Kafka easily won that. And in terms of those two touchdown runs by Daniel Jones, there's like no one even around him. Like he was Steven freaking Glansberg on both of those <laughs> runs, just chilling by himself where he could just kind of like waltz into the end zone. And as long as Tanner Hudson was executing his block, then it was going to be a touchdown. And they actually ran that play on the Tanner Hudson catch, not the one that he dropped along the sideline, which was actually a dime and a very good play against cover two defense by Daniel Jones. But they ran that same exact play, not in the red zone. And it ended up going for like 15 yards or so. I don't have the, the stat in front of me to Tanner Hudson. So it's something they might've saw on the game plan. And they're like, oh man, Chicago is not going to play this well. And it took them the entire game to figure it out. Yeah, it, it, it was almost like Chicago didn't realize that the quarterback was allowed to keep the ball after the mesh point with the running back. Because they also played the Giants few times using a read option terribly they just completely failed to account for the fact that daniel jones could roll out and do a bootleg like he was legally allowed to do that <laughs> it was legally <laughs> looking at how chicago ran their offense i think they might think that because they 
never used that kind of they used that kind of a play once with Justin Fields, and he is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. Now I get that he is struggling. He doesn't have great trust in the in their offense with their receivers, but he still had his best day throwing the ball this season. And yet they didn't run any read option. They didn't they ran very, very little play action. And even though they had some explosive plays, after those explosive plays, they went right to handing the ball to Khalil Herbert right into the teeth of the Giants defense. They just fed Khalil Herbert to Dexter Lawrence. And Dexter Lawrence, Tay Crowder, both of those players might have had their best games as New York Giants. And I feel like Dexter Lawrence, there's a lot of games to choose from. Tay Crowder, not so much. But Tay Crowder played really well. And I love the implementation by Wink Martindale of the double A-gap linebacker twist with an adjacent quarterback spy and uh, contain. So like I broke it down on, on YouTube. If anybody wants to go check it out, essentially the Wink Martindale called the double A-gap twist to isolate the running back Khalil Herbert against two linebackers and it ended up going for, I think he called it three times, ended up going for two sacks and then one pressure on a third and three that forced a punt where Tay Crowder was right in the face of Justin Fields. But they basically used Dexter Lawrence from, I think it was like the two eye spot as a quarterback contain. He just basically fades to where the five technique would be at the snap. And then Aziz Ojolari, who was initially wide acts like he's rushing to occupy that tackle pre-snap drops into coverage underneath coverage but it's really just a quarterback spy so what the giants are trying to do is get home and sack justin fields but the pressure that they're bringing is going to flow justin fields towards dexter lawrence and towards aziz ojalari so you have the quarterback contained with lawrence and you have the spy with aziz ojalari they called that play three times it worked all three times please go and check it out on big blue views youtube i do a pretty extensive breakdown on those plays yeah, now I, I do have to say, as poorly as the Bears played on offense, I was I was impressed by Justin Fields from what I saw of him. Yeah, their offense does not fit him right now. They do not use him to his fullest extent. He is obviously not comfortable. Uh, he does seem to have some rapport with Darnell Mooney, and he is not afraid th- to throw the ball deep. Yeah, that was that stood out to me. He he wants to play. He wants to be a playmaker. But yeah, it's just not there for them right now. And they really just played right into Wink Martindale's hands. And the Giants presser pa- pressure packages were very, very well designed. Getting Tay Crowder those free rushes, getting Dexter Lawrence lined up on their left guard when it was their backup, when Cody Whitehair left the game. Last week against the Cowboys, the Giants basically got outcoached. The Cowboys won that chess game. This week, the Giants were playing chess and the Bears were playing snakes and ladders. They weren't even playing checkers. <laughs> yeah, Luke Getze wasn't doing any favors for Justin Fields. It's it's obvious the marriage between this new coaching staff and Justin Fields is is not working as of right now. Can that be rectified? Of course it can be, but he looks very uncomfortable out there. And I, I felt like Wink Martindale would just kind of harass this kid 
And that's exactly what happened. And it was just like Giants shut down the run, shut down Khalil Herbert, and forced Justin Fields to throw the football. And you could see the difference on how Mike Kafka utilized Daniel Jones's athletic ability and how Luke Getze utilized Justin Fields' athletic ability. There were some play-action rollouts, but I just also felt like the Giants played it a lot better. Like the first sack was a play-action rollout where Justin Fields rolls out and Jahad Ward is right in his face. And he tries to cut back up and Jahad Ward gets that sack and they also had like contains and spies and they were disciplined so the Giants defense played substantially better obviously than what the Bears defense did against the New York Giants offense but I also think man Nick Williams had a pretty good game he had one drive where where he made like two or three big impact plays in the run game I kind of wanted to tip my cap to him like we said Moreau had a pretty good game and you also just have some of the 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 primary guys that we already went over Dexter Lawrence and Tay Crowder they, they really balled out but do you have anything else on the defense before we get out of here no you know I I am curious to see just how the Giants defense plays this coming week how they deal with the all the injuries they suffered and I hope they are able to keep the same keep the same discipline they had against the Bears against the Packers because they are in for a different beast coming up. Just the experience, the number of weapons, the types of weapons that Green Bay has. I think now we're going to start to see a real test of the Giants defense and just how good it can be under Wick Martindale. And I'm wondering what kind of coverages they're going to run because they've been predominantly just the Giants, that is, cover one and cover three. It's just middle of the field closed. Are you going to do that against Aaron Rodgers who could beat you deep or do you want to mix in a little bit more cover two, you know, to, to prevent explosive plays, some more quarters and, and palms and stuff like that. So some sort of match type defenses. I think they're going to have to try to get creative. Do you really want to blitz that much? Not too certain if you really want to blitz that much against Aaron Rodgers, but if he's tearing you up in zone coverage or in man coverage, you got to change things up. So I think that chess match could be interesting, but Chris, anything else, bro? I was to say, well, this is Wink Martindale. Of course he wants to blitz. I mean, the giants lead the league in blitz, right? They're blitzing it better than 45% of the time. Of course, they're going to blitz Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of the blitzes are going to be simulated pressures. And that, a lot of that's these, fair. A lot of these entities that that count blitzes count blitzes when it's four guys because it's a defensive back and a linebacker instead of the end man on the line of scrimmage. That's kind of what I mean. I think you're still going to see some, you know, seven guys dropping into coverage, maybe not as much eight because that's not Wink Martindale style, but it's going to be interesting to see. But everybody, thank you. Tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content. And also subscribe, like, comment on this podcast, Big Blue View Radio, if you enjoy what you're listening to. Thank you, everybody, and have a lovely day. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.